live end of year Sather Studios. It's Stay Busy with the boy Armand Sather. you all had a safe enjoyable restful pleasing holiday if you if you had a bay to be with i hope y'all stayed warm matching pajamas I'm, I'm definitely hating i wasn't able to do that myself but i did match onesies with my mama um you know we got to got to take our greek unity pick you know she's a, she's a new sister of uh, delta sigma theta so she was really excited about that she was waiting on that one for a while i, I, I kind of made a way and i was like thanksgiving and then you know Relax, the right time. yeah you know what i'm saying you gotta you gotta you, you got to earn that. You know, I've been out in these Greek streets for six years. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you new to this. I'm true to this. Uh, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, seriously, hope you all had a happy holiday. It is the boy, Armand Sad, the vegan chorizo poppy, multiple miles Monday poppy, uh, your favorite Uber driver's favorite Uber driver. Um, a, a lot of different nicknames, a lot of different things. But truly, I'm just, just a human, just a black man out here trying to be great. Um, yeah, I know I don't do the show alone. Uh, thankful we made it through another year. Man celebrated his birthday. Holidays yeah. just passed, uh, and we we feeling good. How you feeling, man? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I just every time I come to California, just the energy be different. Um, I will say, funny enough, that listening to this theme song, I just you know how many ever times we've heard it, I still don't get I don't get tired of it. It's no. it's, it's uh, I'm really grateful to have it and so to be doing this. So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. And I feel like we've talked about like so many things that we want to, you know, do differently to improve the show, but the theme song has never come up. Like it's, it's really a staple. It's something that like people, when they bring up the podcast, yeah. like, yo, that theme song, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like people who are listening for the first time, if they're jumping in mid season, like a lot of people really put on the theme song. So shout out to you. Shout out to stats for that. Yeah. Um, of course we want to shout out our listeners tapping back in uh, for season two, a special shout out to a couple of Twitter followers who engaged today. Homegirl Kiana Condors, uh, daughter of the legendary Bobby Condors. If you don't know who Bobby Condors is, you need to figure it out. Do, do, do your figure homework. it out. <laughs> My boy Stephen Smith, uh, one of the founders of Hand Me the Ox, uh, he gives us the Steve Stimmy every week on Twitter with a nice recap of, of the show, commenting <laughs> on whose slides are better, um, and just constantly tapped in. So shout out to Steve. Uh, Beauregard, uh, an artist out from Atlanta, uh, just recently put out some music a couple months ago. Uh, big supporter, shout out to him. Homegirl Nadia. Another huge supporter. Um, I, I think we came up on our Spotify rap list. I don't know. I don't remember seeing that. I think I saw it. I don't know. There's a lot of people. We, we, we came up on a couple people's Spotify rap list. Not, not, not to brag, but you know what I'm saying? I don't remember all of them. <laughs> um, and of course, lastly, my boy Chris Omar, uh, the talented, talented videographer, music mind, content creator, helped us with our promo video at, uh, at, the, at the beginning of when we launched the show. And um, you know, you guys might be hearing from him pretty soon. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, we appreciate all of you listening, whether you like eggnog or coquito, Doritos or Tostitos. This is a Call of Duty reference, so Nick probably won't get this one. But tactical grenades or lethal, 
and layups or free throws. What, okay, so you know it's funny. I've been drinking eggnog, but it ain't been the regular eggnog. It's been had alcohol in Spiked. it. Spiked. <laughs> My mom bought the spike joint, and we've been just drinking that. Od. So Slaps. Yeah, I guess I'll say coquito. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it really depends on the mood for Doritos or Tostitos. The thing is, you can't just eat Tostitos by themselves. You need the you need the guac. You need the the salsa. I'll be, need something. I've been eating them by myself sometimes. I mean, maybe, maybe I, I'm I'm a savage for that. I don't know. <laughs> the only joints that hit by themselves to me is the hint of lime Tostitos. The only joints that hit them on the cell. Um, so for that, I'm gonna have to go with Doritos. Okay. And then tactical grenades are lethal. Um, Aren't all grenades lethal or tacticals like flashbangs? Yeah, flash, smoke, um, uh, stun grenades, um, the the the, the uh, heartbeat sensors. You can see people near you, like you know. It's, oh, okay. It's different I'm gonna go Look. with tactical. Okay. I'll be watching my action movies, so I know at least I know that yeah. much about it. And you are a very tactical individual, so that's definitely more <laughs> me. me. Me, I'm tossing frags into, into windows. So. Right. Um, and then uh, gotta hit your free throws. Come on, gotta hit your free throws. Very important. Very important. Well, there it is. Of course, we got to shout out the man that you all cannot see, but you can feel Kieran Hurley, our VP of everything. Um, of course, shout out to Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms you would like to use, regardless of your listenership. You can get some sponsored ads, too. And of course, Zoom, allowing you to see our beautiful faces, Nick out in L.A. catching the, the, the L.A. sun. It's actually pretty hot on Jersey right now, too. It's like it's, it's 30, but it's sunny, so it feels hotter than it really is. But, you know, we shine it, we hydrated, melanated. Uh, and so let's get into this chat. Um, I am a person who really enjoys holiday antics on social media. I really love, you know, those 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 Christmas tweets where people put the picture of future looking at his phone and they say, yo, like, I miss you. Like, tell your mom hi. She had the best eggnog. You know, like toxic humor, all, yeah. all, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, you know. I, as a lot of listeners are aware, I got wrapped into a very interesting exchange uh, with uh, one rapper. I don't know if I want to name. I, I, I mean, I'm not a scared, scared to be opinionated. Westside Gun of, of Griselda, uh, 38 years old. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll stop there. Um, now, there's, uh. there's there's so many different angles that you know you could approach this situation, and I, I don't want to spend too too, too long on this. Um, he got upset at me for being opinionated. He got he got upset at me, one person, a journalist with somewhat of a platform. I would like to think I have, I have a growing platform, but I'm 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 I'm, I'm really nobody still. I'm just one person. So he got upset. Uh, I tweeted how I felt OVO was uh, ran the year musically. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people disagree. We don't have to focus on that. Um, but a lot of people were responding back to me saying Griselda, and Griselda did have an amazing year. I constantly boost Benny and Conway here. Like uh, everyone can speak to that. I'm I'm, I'm fans of that. I'm not a fan of Westside Gun's music. I've, I've expressed that. I, I don't like his rap voice. I think he has a great ear for production. I think he selects features very well, but I, I don't need to hear him rap ever. I, I, I don't like to hear it. It's, it's not good to me. Um, and he is someone who clearly takes, hears, hears this a lot because he's constantly talking about how, yo, I'm, I'm the culture. Everybody respects me. And, and, and he's even put out this, this, this caveat, or for lack of a better word, that, I'm not like a rapper's rapper. Like, like, uh, like, a lot of his fans say, "Yo, you don't go to Westside Gun for lyrics. You go to him for vibe and substance." I'm like, well, if he were someone who raps like Gunna or Nav, I'd be like, "All right, cool." 
West Side Gun, the, the stuff he raps on, the production he raps on, the, the way he's branded Griselda, because he's really instrumental in their brand. I give him credit for that. He's the brands behind it. But he raps like a boom bap type, you know, New York night. Like, so to, to, to tell me, oh, bro, you can't listen to him for lyrics when he is a, a lyrical rapper. He's packaged that way. It's like, hmm, interesting. So, yeah, I've, I've just never really taken to his music. But uh evidently one of the people that i was engaging with uh, he follows so he saw my critiques of his music and took them very personally and decided to scroll through my timeline and respond to me saying oh he's some broke dude who works check to check he, he's excited that you know he was able to buy his mom a gift and then he made a very obscene comment about my mother and that's when it stopped being funny for me um i, I don't and you know a, a lot of people hitting me like yo chill like you're gonna mess up you're a griselda interview this that i'm like i don't give a fuck about a griselda interview i already met benny benny's cool me and benny are cool because benny's cool with Sue. I, I i don't i don't have a desire to interview griselda and i'm not gonna stop being opinionated just for the sake of pleasing rappers and not messing up opportunities right. if i wanted to talk to griselda i, I would have made it happen already like let's let's, right. let's, let's just keep it a book i, I would have made it happen happen already so I'm, I'm good. So no, I, I don't care for a Griselda interview. I'm not going to stop being opinionated for the sake of that. So yeah, he, he made those comments and I was like, all right. So I didn't know he followed the guy at the time. So I was like, this man is searching his name. And this is the second time in a week that he's been in my mentions too. Let's just, let's just point that out as well. Um, so I, I, you know, I quoted it and again, he, he made comments on my mom and that's, it's not being funny. I was like, yo, you, you can't be this upset searching your name on Christmas Eve. And please be very careful what you say about my mom. Like, and that and that goes for anyone. If he would have made a comment about Nick's mom, I'd have been like, "Yo, that, that that's not cool." Like, it, it, it didn't have to go there. If, if he would have said something about Kieran's mom, if he would have said something about someone's mom who I hate, I would have still been like, "Really? Like, are, are you really taking it there?" He decided to double down and say, "Fuck me and my mother." Now, me and my mom had a really great laugh about this. Like, I I, I, I told her about it. We, we had a really, really I'm glad laugh y'all laughed. I'm we glad had y'all laughed. an amazing laugh about it. And you know, while it stopped being funny, it wasn't something that I was I was angry about. You know, again, this man is 38 years old. He's he, he's he's apparently rich because soon after my, mine and his exchange, he was like, I'm about to go cry in the back of my Maybach truck, showing off all his cars in his garage. So I'm like, bro, like if, if you're rich and you're good and everyone respects you as the culture, and he specifically said everyone I stand. So he must know that I'm a Drake fan and all these people. Cool. So if you know that all these people like you, why does it matter what I think? I'm 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 very, very puzzled. Like, and I, as a creator myself. I can be very insecure, so I understand. And you know, you don't like when people don't like your stuff, but if you're this rich, if you're this ingrained into the culture, if you're this secure with the Maybach truck and all that, why do my, my tweets matter to you? I think, you know, it's, the answers are very obvious. I mean, it just, and I think this happens a lot of times in groups per se. Um, there's always a weak link, mm-hmm. right? And I'll be honest, I haven't really heard his music. You know, I don't really listen to that stuff. All I know is that Benny's project was up out of here. Crazy. No skips. And that's what, you know, Griselda has been touted as, you know, the guys that's bringing back that sort of real hip hop, 90s grungy, you know, cocaine rap feel, which we love. I love that's some of my favorite type of rap. Um, And so we can always recognize their abilities. I think it, it happens. You see this in Migos. There's always a discussion of who's the best of the three. And there's always, I think, a clear person that is the weakest link, for lack of a better word. And yes, I haven't heard Westside's music, so I can't really speak towards that. But I can tell you that he's the weakest link. <laughs> and, he is. And here's the thing. 
one, you're consistent with that because I've heard that before this all happened. I've heard this months before you. You said this, you know, I've just been hearing in conversation. I've been in the studio and other people have said this. So it, it seems to be not a, maybe a unanimous thing, but it seems to be, um, you know, a lot of people feel this way. Which is, it is what it is. It's a prevailing thought. It's not consensus, but it is what it is. Some people feel that way. And so I think the natural, obviously it comes with an insecurity to say that, oh, you know, to go at a, a person you don't know on Twitter for expressing an opinion, who is a music journalist, expressing an opinion to then, you know, make these very pointed, very personal sort of like directed comments. It just shows you that he wants that validation so badly to say that West Side Gun is also like that. He wants people to feel that, uh, that people love his stuff. And, you know, and, and it just, it is what it is. You saying you didn't like his projects and him talking about your mom and saying whatever he says, just and go in and go crying his Maybach. It just shows, goes to show that like, dude, you're really, really, really concerned about a random saying they don't like your stuff. You have bigger things to worry about. It seem, it would seem, you know. So um, that's unfortunate. I think it's 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 sad to see people go out sad. Yeah. But hey, it is what it is, man. You gotta. I would just get back in the studio. Why not use that as? Please get in the studio. <laughs> and, and the thing too is, I was reading a lot of the quote tweets too, because just to see kind of like where people were sitting on the issue. A lot of people were going off on him, like you know, saying sad, whatever. They didn't follow you too, and then. I saw some people, you know, that um, basically like the idea that like, I don't understand. I've lost my train of thought. I'm trying to find it. But point being, I think he went out sad. I mm. think it, it's uh, it's really frustrating that people are this heady. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> Twitter fingers. People were like, basically, like, oh, you know, like, you know, people expect, you know, you have Twitter fingers and then be shocked on how Benny responds. Where, I didn't see any Twitter fingers. And I think also people don't know how you talk, too. Yeah. So I think people can take it. Like, even our homeboy, we're not even going to go into him, talking about when you said, I don't know why you still, you know, um, why you don't delete this account, basically. And he got offended. Yeah. <laughs> Who told me to delete this? Bruh, it's a joke. It's Twitter. <laughs> it's, Twitter. it's a random. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. And so... I would just also with the, with the uh, West Side Gun thing was just like when people were saying, you know, oh, well, that's what happens when, you know, we have Twitter fingers. People want to have these. There was no Twitter fingers. You did not at him. You did not insult him. All you said, you didn't like his projects, period. And so it just goes to show that a lot of artists are sensitive about their work, which is true. Yeah. And some artists don't know how to handle that. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And if he did my mentions next, so, so be it. Who cares? Yeah. Hey. If you're listening, Westside, thank you for listening. We appreciate you listening. For sure. Or assistant sure. or somebody on their team waiting for a response. We appreciate all y'all listens. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't want to make this one of those situations where I was clout chasing, capitalizing off of it, like anything like that. Because it, 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 it was just, it was weird. Like, And the, the, I had a, lot of, had a lot of conversations with people on the side. They're like, yo, like, he's really, like, he, he looks he looks bad. Like, he looks like a clown. I was like. Yeah, and like I was, I was gonna make a funny response, but I was like, you know what? L- let me stop before I look like I'm trying to capitalize off this moment. Um, and you know, for, for the people who think there's, there's gonna be a Griselda diss track at me, I hope he he, he improves b- before he does it. I, I I hope it's Benny and Conway who do it. I would love to get bought up about Benny and Conway. Westside, I'm I'm not really I'm not really gonna be too concerned about a diss track from you. 
I'm excited to hear. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this too. I'm like, if Armand gets shouted out on a track or uh, even alluded to, we got to run with it. <laughs> Not even on no clout. I'm just going to laugh at it. I think it's a, a slide. It has to be it's a slide. Be a slide. <laughs> it has to be a slide because it's just, to us, we're jo- we're laughing. We're taking it as a fun thing. And I'm sure he's, you know, he's obviously bothered, but I don't think he's thinking about it night and day. But it's just funny. Um, but if that were to happen, I think that's the far end of, you know, it happening. I don't think it'll happen. But if it does, we got to play it, put it on the slide. Hey, so. man. Word. Let's get into some new music before we do a little follow-up to last week. Uh, <laughs> very, very contentious issue between Nick and I. <laughs> Um, SZA, uh, a while ago, maybe months ago, uh, a leak of a track, Good Days, came out. If you watched the Hit Different video, you, you heard Good Days at the end of it. And when Good Days came out, he was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like, you what know, like, because Hit Different is a really strong single. It's catchy, it's simple, but it's like, it's so well executed. But Good yeah. Days sounded more in that, like, garden, Drew Barrymore, SZA bag, where, like, you really want to hear SZA out. So people, we was waiting. He was like, Good Days, Good Days. Um, and you know, finally dropped. We was waiting on that. Track is hard, man. It's like I'm I'm very excited for a new SZA album. She sounds really good on it. The the the, the production is just so like it, it sounds like it, it kind of sounds like a song you might hear when the gates to heaven open up. Like it's it's, mm. it, it's just like so peaceful. Yeah. So ha- harmonious. Like it's, yeah. it's like wow. Like shout 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 out to SZA. It's very good to hear new music from you always and. Uh, I can't wait. How, how'd you feel about it? I enjoyed it, man. I was playing it downstairs in the surround sound system permeating throughout the house. Yeah, it was, it was a nice, glorious moment. We ran it back a few times. Um, but it was, it, it's a great thing to see her do. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm very excited for her music. I know how much her music means to the culture, mm-hmm. how impactful her music is for a lot of people. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to continue to see her level up and continue to do what she needs to do to influence the culture. So I feel like I feel like we might have had this, sorry, country. I feel like we might have had this conversation before, but do you feel like there's any pressure on her with this release? Of course. Of course. There's always pressure, I think, when you have a standout first project or your project, um, you know, that your first album is very significant to the culture. Forget streaming, forget numbers. If people are consistently talking about it, people consistently running it back how many of years later, it's to me, this is her challenge. And I think she does need to follow it up in a, in a very significant way. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a great start, you know, with Hit Different. Uh, and This Good Days is a great track, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I have high hopes for it. And it sounds like she's in a consistent mode. It sounds like um, her melody. I always love her melody choices. And, oh, gee. And I always love the, the pockets she finds rhythmically, too. You know, um, and so I think that this music could be that for her and i'm like i said there's just such high anticipation but there's the pressure's on yeah. pressure's on especially in her camp too the way they operate especially when it comes to r&b they don't let just anything come out sir presented an entire project and they told him scrap go back to the drawing board and then he came out with chasing summer so they do push and i'm sure she's had she probably has a few projects worth of stuff in the catalog sure so they're probably only going to put the best stuff out so i'm really i have high hopes for it uh, knowing how much is around her, considering like where she stands in R&B, mm-hmm. I think that this project does need to hit for sure. I love that you made the Frank Ocean comparison because I definitely see how she operates similar to how mm-hmm. how he does. And you know, Blonde was very polarizing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm one of the people who admit I I didn't like it when I first heard it. It, it grew on me, 
there, there was a point where I thought I might like it more than Channel Orange, but Channel Orange is, is still my favorite. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying nothing will ever for me be more than Channel Orange. I think just nostalgia-wise, just the way it hit me. Um, but yeah, go ahead. So and so, I think with Frank because he also had nostalgia, ultra, ultra Lonnie Bro. Like people were at a point where it was it was easier to make excuses for him to people who might not have liked Blonde. So with SZA, let's say this project doesn't hit the way people hope it does, oh. and this, this is kind of just us forecasting, us predicting. Do you feel like people are going to make excuses for her, or it's going to be easy to just move on? Because a lot of people are trying to put Summer above her. Janae's album is R&B album of the year to people. Like, there's a lot of women now who are, you know, do, doing the thing in R&B. And as much as we shouldn't, the culture just puts people ahead of people and tries to push people to the side. So, like, what do you kind of predict for for SZA if this project doesn't do what it's meant to do. I think the culture is a what have you done for me lately culture, period. You know, yeah. it's always like that. And I think that that's why the pressure is on for this is because people want to see how you level up, right? Mm -hmm. When we think about uh, a good kid, Mad City, I'm thinking TDE terms, good kid, Mad City, the way that hit, the way it just took over. And then when Pimper Butterfly came out, it sort of lessened expectations. It was it let some people down because I don't think they got it. And I think at the end of the day, this stems from art, people not wanting to let artists develop or people not wanting to let, allow artists to experiment and change. But I think that Kendrick, obviously with his third project, Damn, allowed people to see that like, no, 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 I've been on an, I'm taking you on an artist journey. And so with here, I think SZA, being as culturally significant as she is, I think she can make sort of a splitting the hair situation where she can, or split the difference, not splitting there, split the difference where she can move forward as an artist. And I don't think we're going to hear the same, quote unquote, the same thing as the first project's control. Mm -hmm. But I do think the pressure is on and people are really going to be looking for something. And it's going to be compared to control regardless. Oh, I mean, because it's going to be compared regardless because you're thinking about in her timeline, her storyline, where does this sit? And I think there's a great, she has to just come heavy with the songwriting. I think she needs to bring that sort of, feeling that control gave a lot of people she needs to bring that or i think you know more current instrumentation more current production mm -hmm. um and i think she needs to push her listeners a little more too because that is what is expected to go towards you know control yeah. um to sort of solidify her stance but i think solidifying your stance means that you're pushing and that you can come back and so that's you know like when you think of the, the situation with kendrick is that gave us a commercial r&b project a commercial uh, rap project hip-hop project and then gave us a jazz fusion hip-hop project then gave us a more commercially viable quote-unquote project just to show you that like i can do more than what y'all think i can and i'm on rap every time so i think scissor just needs to showcase and i wouldn't be mad um if she went a little bit out of the box so yeah we'll, we'll see and she's tried already. Like she did all the stars with Kendrick. That was a very different record for her. I, I like that one. She she did the um, just us the, the the track on um, Khaled's album. I, I didn't love that. I I, I thought the sample. I thought, was, I thought it was horrible. Yeah, I, I thought the sample could have been used better. And then she had the track on um, Meg's album. Uh, I think it's called like Freaky Girls, which I, I, I like that one. So she's like two for three for me in terms of like dip stuff sounding different than Control. So, but then you know you, you come back to hit different in Good Days and that. I, I, I want to say it's carbon copies or like verbatim of control, but those are more control sounding records. That's her sound. I think yeah, that's, that's her, her sound. Right. right. Yeah. Where she sits naturally 
And we never know. Those might have been tracks that could have made, not hit different. I don't hear hit different going on there, but I hear good days could have easily gone, you know, sure. could have been a, a reference or an idea for control. So mm-hmm. I think this is naturally where her sound sits. Very melodious, very like, you know, like you said, symphony, you know, symphonious, harmonic, just beautiful. Uh, and so that I, I'm, I'm excited for that. And I think that that has definitely caught a lot of people's attention because it's familiar to them. Yeah, so. yeah, f- f- familiarity always wins. We talked about that what episode two with like recollection and all that. Like, yeah, 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 it works, it works. Um, so let's get into this now. Before I allow Nick to provide his counters to my points last week, I, I just want to remind people of what I said. I'm, 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 I'm not changing any stances, but I do want to just ensure that it's as clear as possible. So we're having a conversation about Division's new track, Blessings. Um, you know, we talked about the song, whatever. And then at the end, I said that I feel Division has been the best R&B act of the last five years. I'm only talking the last five years. You know, Nick brought up Lillian Lahavas. Uh, I mentioned how, you know, she's only had two projects in the last five years. Division's had three, two of which people are calling a classic, no features. I'm using her feelings that just came out. But in terms of qu- quantity, they've given three. And they've also been three super quality albums, 1985, an exceptional producer. They haven't missed on features. Shows have been sold out, you know, successful drive-ins. Like, you know, in ter- I'm, 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 I'm not talking commercially. I'm not talking numbers. I'm talking culturally, quality, growth, all that. But last five years, so 2015 to 2020, as much context as possible. Now, brother, go ahead. Okay. So when I spoke, I just want to clarify as well. When I spoke on saying Leanne LaHavis, I was, in my mind, I was thinking better artists or more artists that were not, I would say, stronger to me R&B acts, right? But I think in saying that, I think it got misconstrued as that's who I would say would be better than them right. in the best of the last five years, which I don't think Leanne would be in that case. So I wanted to clarify that. Um, so, you know, I did my little deep dive or whatever. And uh, numbers wise, I went back because you said five years. So I'm looking at 2015 to 2020. Mm-hmm. And I went to the billboard because I think to say the best, the best act of the last five years, I know you're not a numbers guy and you don't like to, I would say, allow numbers to sway or drive the conversation I and, however, and ju- and ju- just to say I'm, I'm not completely like ignoring numbers i'm not like i'm, I'm pe- numbers in addition to all all the other things i, I agree go ahead, go ahead i agree if we were talking the last five years and i really think you know it's funny the last five years because i don't think there was a standout r&b act in between 2015 and 2017 except for, you know like we had people like scissor we had um, a few other artists that sort of emerged in that time, Anderson Pack emerged in that time, like a lot of other artists emerged in that time, but you know had had more sporadic times since then, mm-hmm. uh, sporadic releases since since then. So I would say for me, when we talk about numbers, impact, and all the things, there's multitude of artists that are above a vision. I'm going to use the example of her. Okay. I think her is is a has if we were to make the uh, the debate for who's been the strongest R&B act, the best, biggest R&B act of the last five years, I would say her has had the biggest impact when you talk about the culture as well as numbers. I went and looked at Billboard's year-end numbers. And so I looked at it for each year from 2015 to 2020. Year-end numbers are radio airplay plus sales data plus streaming data. Mm-hmm. And I know Division streams well. In every year, 
no, no division song was on that list. Only time I think that they were mentioned was in 2016 for Faithful, but we know and we understand that that is Drake's song. That was Drake putting them on, right? Obviously, because it's the home team. So I think about artists like her and what she does culturally, like how many artists out there, one, are playing instruments, showcasing their talent like that, as well as, and I think it's funny enough, I think her and Division sit in the same category. I think so far as grown R&B, very like, obviously Division I think is a little more, how would you say, like, uh, I would say not more commercial leaning because her is probably the biggest commercial R&B act that we've had in a long time. One of them. I would say that that we in the sound you hear it for sure, mm-hmm. um, and I think sonically they go to similar places. But I would see I would strike hers music as more musical, as more technically sound music. Sure. And so she also has a brand deal with Fender, has her own guitar line, has done her own glasses where she has done all these other things that have, I think made her a big act. And I think nothing about her is not true to R&B. We haven't heard no poppy sound from her. We haven't heard none of that stuff. And yet mm-hmm. she's on the stage doing at the highest level, what we say is, I think, strong R&B, very mm-hmm. true R&B. So I would give the title of this biggest R&B act of the last five years to her, considering what she's done since her Frawley one uh, and since the projects have come out and she still hasn't put out a debut album. You notice so, what you did though? You, I recanted. You, you you switched it to biggest. What was I? Would you say best? Oh, best. Okay, yeah. best. I'll say best though. Best, okay. biggest, <laughs> most. I think across the gamut. I think best numbers. and biggest are, are are different though. And and like that's fair. That, and but, like that's why like I I consider numbers, but I'm not like it's not the biggest qualifier for me like if, if everything you, you said about her is valid i i agree like if if it's not and again i, I acknowledge my, my my bias in this i acknowledge that i'm more personally connected and i'm yeah. just I'm, I'm 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 genuinely invested in, in their success because i, I love what they brought to, to the genre they it's something that like it, I, I i don't know if you listened to 1985's episode of uh play for keeps pod with my boys cameron hay and drew williams but you know he talked about how there's not a lot of men making R&B for women anymore. And like, that's, that, that's one of the biggest reasons that R&B feels lost because like, is men making music for other men? Like, for really? example, that, that's, that, 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 that's how 1985 feels. That's how a lot of people feel. Like, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree, yeah. but like, I, I feel like division may make some more targeted effort for it. Um, I'm, I think of someone like, Give me on maybe because like still your best is like kind of like that's, that's that's more to like boost us up and like kind of be the toxic villain or or like a song like I don't know, I'm trying to think but I, I mean we could sit here and like try and name people who who we feel like are making R and B for women but you know that's something that I hold very high with the genre you you really value um, you know vocals which which is yes. an important aspect of R and B. For me, you know, I, you know, I, I kind of put the emotion and, and the feelings above it, and a lot of it is how women are made to feel. Like it's, Period. it's, it's. I, I feel like it's a genre that should appeal to the women. So I think, with that in mind, with the songwriting in mind, with 1985's exceptional production, 
like with everything I said, I don't, don't want to rehash all that, but that's that's really what I'm I'm looking at. And there's also a splash of bias. <laughs> so for me, for me, what I don't see is like the commercial viability, not the commercial viability. I think they are a very commercial viable act. However, given where they are with the resources of you know having a Drake with them and having all the things that they have in their favor as a duo, you would think that they would be further along. And when I say further along, I would say further along in a more mainstream light, right? Her is doing R&B music in a mainstream light. Many people know who she is, even if they don't listen to her music. And I think that that is very significant when you're talking about the best. Mm-hmm. I think the best talks about the best in all categories. When we talk about awards, you know, brand partnerships, like, there's so many things. What has Division done brand partnership-wise? They've probably done some stuff. And I know they had the drive-in series. But other than that, culturally, and I feel like that was almost, would they have done that without a pandemic? I don't know. You don't, I don't think so. But I think that was a very creative and very clever idea to make something that was culturally significant and memorable for the times, right? So I'll give them that. Other than that, for the talent, for the ability that they have, I'm seeing the sort of a disconnect. So yeah. far as pushing them as an act, as well as the quality of their music, because it can be done a la her. We see the case of her having all these brand deals and all of this, that, and a third. So it makes me wonder, what is the problem here? And we don't know. And I think necessarily there is a problem, but I feel like they could be doing more to sort of quote unquote, solidify their stance as the best R&B act of the last five years. So, I mean, I, I know they're just heating up and they're just getting started truly like to be more consistent because they've been on a two year release schedule really. Uh, and so, or you know, not two years. Yeah, about two years. It was like two years between September 5th and was, morning after. That was April, 2016 and then October, 2017. So like oh, so a year. year. And then they took, year. they took three years off, well, almost three years off uh, yeah. from morning after to now, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm, I, yeah. That, those are the, th- the the sort of criteria that I was looking at this with. And I think that when I, I mean, there's other artists that came into mind, but no one has been, I think, as quickly and as um, directly impactful as I think as a her has been for the genre. Yeah. Regardless of how many people listen to her, whatever it is, she's doing R&B, getting noticed at, a hi- at the highest level. And so I think that's good for the genre. So that's why I would give her the title. Yeah, I, I, I can't be mad at that. You, you, you know, I love her. You, you, you probably love her a little more, but I love her too. So that's <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's 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 a great retort. I like that. That's that, that that's what I wanted. That's that's, that's, that's what. I, <laughs> but um, no, and, and you know, when you bring up like commercial viability, I think about it. Too deep just went platinum or or gold. And those are the only two records they have. It was yeah, too deep. And think about me. And those are the only two. And so, like, those are the things I'm just like, there's something wrong here because her is just a, she's out of here with the platinum this and platinum that. Everything is platinum. Hmm. And so I'm saying, what's the disconnect here? Is it the marketing? Is it the, is it the push? Is it the visuals? Is their music too sexual? Is it like for, for that commercial vibe? Like, what is the situation here? And I think there's a lot of different things that we think about. And so um, you know, is there enough flair? And I think for a lot, I think a lot of people still don't even know what they look like. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't even know who they are. Yeah, they, they really they just, 
recently made themselves more visible. And I think it's both. It's funny because both of the acts. I think this is end up being a great conversation because both yeah. acts are great comparison because both acts kind of played that whole mysterious sort of thing for a while. And like, well, who is this voice off of Division? Who is this girl singing these amazing songs? You know. Yeah. Uh, and so. But yeah. her her took off off like immediately like with with her first EP like she just took off. It was. Yeah. It was, and then she got the best part, 2017. Like it, from there, it was wedding like songs. wedding songs. If you're making music for women, where the wedding songs at? Where the wedding joints at? Come on. To, so these are the things I think they have more to do. Yeah, uh, I think they are all fully capable, but I think they just got more to do when it comes to being, you know, stewards of R&B and saying that they want to, you know, bring back certain things. You know, yeah, got to push that run it in a commercial sense too so. yeah and it's good because they, they talked about it in their interview with uh they they, they went on joe Budden podcast briefly and then they talked to uh it's the real as well and they talked about how you know people have boxed them in so like with songs like morning after on morning after that was more upbeat more poppy dancey and then you know you get that six song run on i'm using her feelings from um dangerous city uh like miss me no crying keep it going like all, all those songs so you hear them doing different stuff because people have boxed them into that that bedroom r&b and like it's it's as great as it is as much as we talk about it culturally and on twitter and in our group chats it's not necessarily the stuff that moves moves you forward like her gave us best part something like slide um and slide is was not my favorite song by her but it, it streamed very well like, like you heard it I'm, I'm sure it's still playing on the radio in la if you get in the car um so it, it, you know at as as a fan of them, I love that they're not necessarily chasing radio records, but I do understand if we are going to have this conversation and, and be fully objective and talk about commercial viability, radio play still matters. Like radio play pushes you towards those platinums and those golds. So um, this was a good conversation. I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, all, all that talking, all that, all that healthy disagreement <laughs> i know it got you parched so what you slipping on you know it's funny i just busted down this one smoothie you know i'm home so i'd be on my you know double fist in my health over here but uh i busted down this little smoothie with uh, some fresh fruit it's coconut water some lime you know it's a little bit of water in there no almond milk just keep it all keep it light keep it fresh and then i've been sipping this this tea actually shout out to my mom she she put me onto this tea it's done by good earth it's a sweet and spicy original tea and it has it has um orange with some lemongrass peppermint anise seed and some ginger it's a herbal and black tea infusion and it's unlike anything i've really ever had so i'm sipping on that while i was reading from okay player this is a how verses became the way artists make amends this is by a favorite of ours mr nicholas tyrell scott my gosh and shout out to his podcast don't alert the stands yeah yeah uk doing numbers Exactly. International team. So I was really fascinated when I saw I saw this headline. I was like, oh, this is interesting because, you know, when we're talking about I think it's a great conversation to talk about for the culture because of how impactful versus has been for the culture. And I think as an end of year, sort of as the pandemic pandemic continues into the new year and sort of, you know, wrapping and thinking about what we've gone through in this last year, I think versus was something it was a beacon for a lot of us, especially us that are you know music fans and just people in general who are looking for something uh, significant do, to do that really felt like it was for us. And so I was looking at this and I, and I was reading his points, you know, he talks about just the different acts, you know, were 
there's always a contention between a few, there's a few acts that have a contention. There's verses, I feel like it fits in pockets. There's verses where it's like healing circle, like, you know, Erica and Jill, we had, um, who else was healing? We John had Legend, Alicia. John and Alicia. The, the gospel one. Yeah, they got Kirk and, and Fred Hammond. Like, these were the more healing. And then there's the ones where it's like, you know, oh, like, let's heavy battle. Like, we're going to go back and forth song for song. John T. Neal, like, you know, the other ones. T-Pain, Ross 2 Chains. Ross 2 Chains, like, really going at it back and forth, really trying to, you know, win in a very competitive way. And then there's the ones like, there might be a fight. there might be a fight and i think that's what you know nicholas tyrell was focusing on in these and seeing how it can be used as a mechanism to kind of he's kind of arguing you know i don't know i want to i would love to get his his top his opinion on it but it seems as if he was speaking towards kind of like uh especially when he gets to the gucci and jeezy conversation that this has been a great mechanism for us to showcase reconciliation us to showcase is for the culture um, to see that because that's kind of how you know he talks about that's pretty much how we do it typically uh, is that a lot of beats are settled publicly Drake and Meek when Drake brought Meek out and you know doing the song together you know Jay-Z and Nas I mean there's just a, a plethora a multitude of all other types of beefs that have been settled and I think it's a, it's a great settling moment for the culture too because as we know some things can sometimes get out of hand and people end up, you know, with loss of life, which is really a for- unfortunate situation. So I love to sort of end this year with a positive note and talking about that. You know, he's highlighted Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, um, who initially actually had beef, but they reconciled in 1993 at uh, the Sting Sound Clash. And, and they were, you know, re- really emphasized B- Bounty Killer was the one who was co- sort of much quoted for this uh, article. And he was saying that, quote, at the end of the day, it's really music why we're clashing. So we cannot afford to clash and destroy the music, end quote, which I think is so powerful because at the end of the day, it should only stay within the confines of the music. Um, And I think that's why we come to this stuff. We want to see the music. We want to see, oh, how are you going to put this song, but that song. And I think oftentimes, you know, in our society, we like to pit each other against each other. You know, if one person is doing well, well, who's the the other person that we're going to put in the next to, you know, with the whole, how they fabricated this whole Nikki and Cardi beef yeah. and like how it really didn't need to happen, you know, and even going back and forth, you know, we've seen that before with Brandy and Monica when they were on and he highlights Nicholas Tyrell highlights how Brandy was, oh, Monica, excuse me, was a little more apprehensive with a few quotes and she, she didn't, you know, she was telling the fans, like, look, y'all, you guys don't have to choose like both <laughs> there's no choice like people just try to fabricate this sort of thing and put us against each other where you know and she's like i didn't want to quote turn it back to 1998 and so eventually you know she acquiesced and was like all right i'll do it um and it, it was it was it was fascinating to see but i think the most significant one where there was like real real life beef was the gucci and gc yeah. um, people were expecting you know twitter people were expecting shootings people were you know jabbing all these sort of things um and, you know, Gucci was being spicy and he played Truth, which is the diss track for Jeezy. And I think Jeezy really took a, a very strong position in standing the olive branch. And he had he was quoted saying something very, very significant. Um, and he said, well, let me say my piece. I extended my hand because I'm a real man. And Jeezy kind of went on without quoting, kind of went on to describe that this battle was not about them. It was something bigger. Um, for those who don't know, Gucci and Jeezy have a real life be studying about 20 years 
um, there's sort of sort of situation where someone an assailant entered Gucci's home and Gucci killed him. Come to find out that that guy had connection to Jeezy. It's I don't know if it's official that we know that Jeezy sent that person to go to Gucci's house, but point being, um, it's been sort of a very contentious issue uh, between the two. And so Gucci goes, I mean, Jeezy goes on to allude to the idea that, you know, today's generation is carrying that sort of way of, of operating with beefs and things like that because of how their conflict transpired. And so he wanted to make a point to, you know, stand the olive branch and sort of, you know, really settle it on a, in a public forum um, for all people to see because they are revered and regarded in, in their community so heavily, especially where a lot of those people are the streets and the music is sort of blended very clearly. And so... Uh, and of course, Gucci agreed, and you know they have they came to amicable respect um, on verses. So I think it was it was very interesting um, for Nicholas Tyrell to just highlight this and how you know like I said how verses been used as a cultural mechanism um, to push the culture forward, but also what it's been doing for us in a healing capacity. Yeah. Uh, and so I I give my hats off to him for 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 writing about this. And so this was a great, great article. I really enjoyed it. I would recommend everyone read this article. So yeah, that's my yeah. half and half for the year's end. I, I think it also is clever of Versus to, you know, get like Gucci and Jeezy, Brandy and Monica, uh, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, for example. Like, yes, people are big, big fans of them, but people do get really excited about beefs. Like you said, you know, the conversations on Twitter, it's like, yo, there, there's going to be a fight or oh, like Gucci's going to win 19-1 or Jeezy's going to win 19-1. Like people, people pick their sides. So you get them, you kind of rile them up in this way, and then you bring them to the stage, and then you see these people, you know, make amends, or, or they're just kind of being more cordial with one another. And I'm sure behind the scenes there's a lot of conversations that Swizz and Timbo have with these people to ensure that it doesn't go the way that Twitter thinks it's going to go. Like, I'm, I'm sure, like, Gucci and Jeezy, while, while, while you know, Gucci played the song, and he, he was, you know, smoking on Pookie Loke and all, all those things he said, like, it was it, it was still a performance like these are still performers these are entertainers yeah. versus yeah. is 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 entertainment so and you know like we're not always entertained by positivity so of course Gucci's gonna get up there and say something petty of course Jeezy might, might play a track back you know Brandy and Monica are gonna give each other the side eye when they play a certain song like it's 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 a show it's 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 we're supposed to get people excited but then you kind of hit people with that with that curveball like oh we're also gonna be peaceful and show that we're past this because these are grown people. Like not all, you know, rappers who have had a beef when they were younger and then mature, like get over it. Like, like we see there's still a lot of petty old rappers, but, you know, with Gucci's lived experience, good going to jail and all that. And Jeezy's is more engaged politically and Brandy and Monica are just, you know, living different lives. Beanie Man and Bounty Killer are, are legends at this point. Like, you know, there's, there's, not, there's not necessarily a sense in carrying on the, the, that, that negativity. And it's powerful yeah. to see the, the various, you know, veterans, legends and, and like OGs in music come together because a, a lot of young rappers really try to get platforms off of the negativity and having beef with people. So I, I, I think it's really clever of Versus. I definitely appreciate them for what they've done uh, in, in the pandemic as well, uh, keeping us entertained and all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great half and half. Shout out to, to the boy Nick, Nicholas Tyrell for that. Um, our employee of the month, you know, ending the year with the Beyonce of marketing, Janae Brown. Shout out to her. Clap it up for her. Snaps, claps, love. We appreciate her. Yeah, there you go. I love that. Look at you. Look at you out in LAO Instruments. Uh, we appreciate her stopping by a couple weeks ago. Incredible episode. Make sure y'all go stream that. Um, and as you know, she is the brains behind Brown to Perfection Agency. If, if you don't know what they on, 
tap in. Uh, shout out to my boy Dion, who's also the, the, the head of content there doing his thing. Nice. But ladies and gentlemen, we are here, as you know, favorite segment. Let's get into the music. Take us away, Frank. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. And all right. So let's get into the slides, brother. What, what, what did you bring for us to play today? To end the year, as I was doing research about her, I figured that this song would be great as we are anticipating her debut album. I wanted to find a song. Uh, she's been killing the year with features, I think, and still bringing the same energy. And so this was an album that I thought is a very strong album. I think Americans are still getting in a larger sense, in a larger context. It's, you know, obviously not a new genre are still getting hit to Afrobeats, are still getting hit to music from out of the continent. And so I wanted to highlight uh, who, who OU has said, shout out to OU said, is basically their Drake. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out Wizkid. This is Smile by Wizkid featuring her, produced by P2J. Let's do it. Substance. It's easy when the love don't hide. No, I, no, I, I deliver my mistakes. Company creates companions. So, right, yeah, yeah, baby, both say, I love your smile. Girl, I love it when you smile. Do like.
had to play in her verse. Whatever she did at the end. Oof. Crazy. Uh, amazing. I had to play in her verse. Yeah, no, that was amazing. Thank you for playing that. Yeah, that that song really captured me. And I, what I've loved about this past, I think, it would say about a year that hers done. She's been really getting into the reggae bag. Really did has done like what two songs with Skip Marley has done a bunch, a few of them that you know did one by herself. Due to me, um, she's and then got on this this track that has that reggae feel too. So is she just showcasing her range and her abilities? And I just really love it. And it's introducing her to more and more markets. I think she's going to be someone we talk about for a very long time. So that was that was my end of year slide. Uh, I love that. So what you got for us, man? Uh, I was going to go with something festive. And then I thought, since you ended the year with your pick for the best R&B act of the last five years, I'll end the year. I've never played Division as a side, actually, which is crazy. Um, so I'm going to get into what I think was the best song um, from their most recent album, Amusing Her Feelings. This is uh, Just Them. It's called For Us. And it's yep. produced by the GOAT 1985. This one, this one is the one, period, not the two. And it's just like, why is that song not being pushed? Where's the video? <laughs> What's going on? Like, where's the live version? Where, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are those moments that I'm just like, what is going on? Why is that stuff not being prioritized? Because like, that's a perfect opportunity for like, you think about like, a, if that song went to a her, that song would be, it would be out of here. It would be, it, and that song is an out of here type song. So I'm like, why is that not being spoken about? So yeah. amazing song. I might go learn that to cover. It. <laughs> That's yeah. the one. Yeah, they they definitely went with the obvious choices for the the songs that got videos and got pushed. And no crying, a future between us with snow. And granted, they're really good songs. Like, I really like no yeah. crying. Between us is hard, but I, I agree. Like for us is in their top five songs all time for me. Like it's, it's a huge it, record. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a it's huge record. The the, the harmonies, the, the the writing there, just the like they do a really good job. Daily does a really good job in letting beats hit and like finding those pockets to, to get his words off and like and like he's he 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 gets his bars and like he lets the yeah. beat like like the really exciting part of the beat like he found so great pockets. Yeah. 1985 great. his production is always lifted up but their vocals and their writing is always yeah that's, mm-hmm. that's the one man so uh ladies and gentlemen as you know you can find our slides in the slide deck playlist on all platforms hit the link tree in our ig and twitter bio and if you would like a slide added to the deck hit us on ig or twitter or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com you can also join our mailing list on the link tree in our bio so you know what to do end of year we 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 about to get personal we about to reflect um are you ready for the board meeting sir Yes, I also wanted to know, Brian Michael Cox also produced on for us. That makes a, of course. Lot, of, that makes a lot of sense. But of anyways, course. yes, sir, let's get into this board meeting. Let's do it. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, 2020, it, it goes without saying. Like, when, when you – we could play a game of auto-reply right now with each other. When you think of 2020, what do you think of? COVID, quarantine, pandemic versus STEMI, um, <laughs> just – uh, lonely, uh, Casamigos. Um, there's right. so, so many, so many words that pop pop into our minds when we think of uh, 2020. It's it's very easy to reflect on the the negativity. It's it's it's. I mean, because I mean, it is what it is. Like people's yeah. people's lives were completely changed. Um, yeah. Whether it's just you, whether you're you just shifted your job from going into the office to working at home, whether you got furloughed, whether you completely lost your job. Yeah. Whether you still had to go into work the whole time and, you know, like there's just there have been so many crazy adjustments and so many things that you've had to account for physically. You know, people yeah. had to people had to buy dumbbells and, and start working out at home, you know, like <laughs> me- mentally. I-, I haven't seen my therapist in almost nine months. We- we- we've been wow. talking over-, over Zoom or talking on the phone. You think financially, you know, like. Again, if you're not working and you got to rely on these these checks, you know, like the, the, we, we was getting a lot from the government, and, and then uh, come end of July, the extra six hundred stopped, and reality hit again. I was like, man, all that Casamigos I bought, I was I was tripping. Um, <laughs> but man, there's just been so many changes, so much negativity. Um, but I, I would also like for us to reflect on, speak on the positivity, speak on ways that we've grown. And I think a great place to start is you started a, a new job recently. Yeah. So, What's been that ex- that experience, you know, from taking your job, Watch What Happens Live, you going in, chilling with Andy, serving the drinks, on, on the bus, <laughs> you take it completely home, and then you have to start something new, like, after yeah. seven months. Like, what's, what's that been like? Right. No, I mean, I shout out to my, shout out to the people, the good people at Watch What Happens Live uh, with Andy Cohen. Uh, they, they, you know, they really, t- I think they really taught me a lot about production and, and really understanding that. And I think being a production assistant, you really see every angle. Uh, being at the production company that, that produces their show. And of course they sell it back to Bravo. Being at that show taught me a lot, man. I mean, it, it taught me a lot of approach, a lot of skills that I bring to stay busy about production and like, you know, moving through a flow, formatting, just different things that I've learned just being with that show and just understanding, like I said, true production. There's some real veterans on that production staff uh, that have brought you some of your favorite shows, like the executive producer, she worked on TRL. She was the executive producer of TRL in its heyday. So like mm. I've learned, I learned from some real industry greats when it came to TV. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that experience. Um, shout out to any of them if they're listening to this. But uh, I think the weirdest thing, you know, in knowing that it was time for me to move forward, move on and, 
coming to my new job, which I'm not going to name them, but uh, coming to my new position, it's been interesting onboarding remotely. It's been, you know, even though I have gone into the office because I'm still in sort of a production capacity, it's been interesting to, yeah, I said, like onboard in a pandemic, you know, try to meet people and set up meetings, but not just naturally. It's, it seems very much so I have to make a conscientious effort to onboard myself in a lot of ways. Like I have to get out there. I have to, hey, do you have 20 minutes to speak? I just want to introduce myself. Hey, you know, I have to do these things where I feel like naturally in a, in a more consistent job situation or in, in a non-pandemic situation, this all happens by osmosis. And so that has been, I think, the biggest not a, it's not a hurdle or obstacles have been the biggest constant reminder challenge like i'm constantly reminded of the pandemic i come to the office like they're they're very much so honest about the six feet about the gloves about the mask about the you know not too many people in a certain space so it's like i'm consistently and constantly reminded of the state of our being right now of the state of society state of the world so it's it has been sort of a conscious conversation with myself to keep my morale up in those in those moments you know not try to feel alone not try to feel like i'm on my own in 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 this new venture uh which i think could be a strong career venture for myself it's been a lot of those conversations with myself just trying to keep my morale up keep my mental you know positive to think that hey it's going to change or it's going to be better and it's not bad right now you know in that stance in that stance but or that sense, not stance, but you know, is is that has been I think the biggest challenge. I me, mean, it's just like those things that you take for granted in a normal work environment that are now like, oh, I got to make that effort to, or it won't happen, sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's been it yourself. So far as yourself with working, and you've also you know recently gotten some new positions and making things making things work for yourself. How have you been feeling with, yeah, just the all of that considering now your newfound respect for UPS people and <laughs> all that. What has that been like? Yeah, I mean, you know, with my 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 new gigs, you know, I talk about I'm the, the world's new favorite Uber driver and you know I spoke up about uh, the UPS gig. It's um my jobs are very much so I mean I'm interacting with people. I'm I'm like close to people. So I'm I'm just one just paranoid all the time. Like does this person have COVID? Like every time we go into work we gotta do this pre-work health check and it's just answering seven questions like the survey yeah you could easily lie and like oh and, 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 and just show people the joint it's like well when, when's the last time you got tested like when's the what how, how do you really feel like are you taking your temperature so that's constantly on my mind and like then on top of that like at ups is crazy like i'm, I'm right now it's, it's holiday time you know i was uh, started before black friday so black friday was nuts and just the, the christmas rush has been crazy and there's a lot of packages coming in a lot to be accountable for and you know like yeah. you, you realize that, that that they don't be handling your, your packages as carefully as, as it might say like they, they'd be tossing boxes and it's just like i'm, I'm just like yo but the, the, this is fragile like i want to I, I, I would i would hate to get a yeah, yeah yeah or yeah. send a gift to someone that's glass and then it's broken but they're like yo come on you you gotta hurry up like we gotta we gotta get it going um as a, as, as a real real lack of patience uh among people um, it's a, a lot of learning as you go, and it's it's, it's a very physically intense job. I, I, I like that because I, I kind of get a workout from that. Um, 
but you know, it's it's again, it's not something that I'm I'm passionate for. Like you, you know me. Yeah, you know when, when I'm when I'm in positions I'm not passionate about, whether it's valet parking, whether it's recruitment, whether it's this, it's it, it's it's hard for me to want to stick around. Like my money's great, yeah. but money has never been enough for me. And this is you know just to be transparent, this is the most financially stable I've been in quite some time, and it feels yeah. very very good to be in, in that position. Like. You know, and because I'm really working hard for this, like I'm I'm, I'm up at 4 a.m. You know, you're, like, you're earning no, every dollar. <laughs> I'm, up at, I'm up at 3 a.m. to get to work by 4 a.m. I'm out of work by 9 a.m. and I immediately turn my Uber app on, and I'll be dealing with some rude people. I'll be having to take long drives to places in Jersey I, I would never go to. Like I, I have no interest in Belleville, New Jersey, or Gordonburg, <laughs> New Jersey. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing what I have to, to do. do yeah, yeah. Shout out to yeah, but it's, you know, those places just aren't for me. But um. Yeah, there's there's really just that fear of of someone getting into my my whip, and not you know the, them not distancing, the, them not not caring and not real, realizing that they could be a super spreader. Um, but I mean, aside from that, like I I kind of just reached a point uh, this year overall where it was like enough was enough for me. You know, I think. Yeah. Uh, but but before the pandemic, I don't know if I ever spoke about this on the pod, but like yeah, I was my right around like early March. I was in the process with, with this publication. It was going to be a very, very dope opportunity, y'all. Like yeah. most most money I've ever made, unlimited PTO, benefits, gym membership. Like, and it was a publication that I really respected, black owned, like just basically everything that that, that that I was looking for. And then we get the stay at home orders and, you know, my, my process gets frozen, aka it's, it's, it's quiet for me. So, you know, I'm sitting home like, dang, I was really, really hyped for this. Like, I, I was making plans for this. I had job, I had plans to move out uh, by the end of this year. Um, and so that was really discouraging because it, it, was some, it, it was something where I didn't mess up. Like, yes. I, I didn't mess up, you know, the interview. I didn't mess up my, my writing tests. Like, they, their budgets got cut. They, they just had to reshuffle and readjust. And I, I wasn't on the staff at the time as much as they might have wanted me they couldn't necessarily bring in someone new and they didn't know what they were doing with the people they had. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was extremely, extremely discouraging. Um, but, you know, being home all the time just gave me time to really fall back in love with music. You know, I'll say with starting stay busy, stay busy became such a huge priority for the both of us. And with yeah. my, my work schedule, I wasn't necessarily able to write as much as I mm-hmm. like to, you know, I, I hadn't put out an article that I was really proud of, from like October, 2019 until like March, 2019, when I really started writing, March, 2020, when I really started writing again. Um, it started with my weekend after hours review, which was solid. And then I did the party review, which was solid, the division review, which was solid. Yeah. Um, but I think right around May, uh, early May, when Drake dropped uh, Dark Lane demo tapes, that was the one that really took my writing in 2020 to the next, to the next level. That one went pretty crazy. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, you guys know me. I, I, I try to be responsible with my criticism. I, and just the, the responses to it and the way that people were, were discussing Drake was like, there's, there's something people are clearly missing. And that's something that I always try to do with my writing. That's something that I really focus now is quality contributions to the culture, bringing a, a, a unique perspective. Um, and so, you know, that one got me followed by, um, uh, I can't think of his name right now, but just like a bunch of different, a bunch of different people who I've respected for a while, who I looked up to and, it, it reminded me how good I was at writing and that this was a great opportunity to really get back to that because we weren't yeah. going into the studio 
to record the podcast. I wasn't working the valet job um, that that stopped. Um, and I started collecting my, my unemployment checks from the government. So it was like money wasn't really a concern. So it was like, yeah. I, I felt like I was able to create out of desire rather than a, a need to create Necessity, or creating yeah. for desperation. Um, so yeah, that really gave me a lot of confidence that pushed me to the Pusha T interview I've, I've talked about. Um, and, you know, I, again, I gotta thank Ahmad Davis for that. I gotta thank Cornell Holder. I gotta thank Kazi for letting me uh, put it on, on their, on their platform. But, um, you know, that, that was something that really, really made this year for me because it's something that I feel like I've been working towards for a while and not push in particular, but, you know, I, I've always felt my writing and my understanding of music, you know, I, I was capable of speaking to these people and getting good stories out of them. And it was great that, you know, somebody else noticed it too in, in Ahmad because, you know, Ahmad could have taken that for himself. Ahmad could have given it to someone who was on Kazi staff. Like I left Kazi in January and came back for, for this piece. So like it could have easily went to anyone else, but you know, Ahmad had that faith in me and the work that I do. And yeah. you know, I was, I was able to put that out. Um, and I, I, I don't want this to just be, be, be me running through my accomplishments because I'm, 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 I'm constantly yeah, su- no. su- such a, such a o- overthinker. And But you gotta say that, that, that I want to stop you there because I think that oftentimes people don't say it out loud enough. Yeah what they've done. And I was, I don't know what, who it was. Oh, it was Yaya uh, Abdul-Mateen that I was watching. Um, or li- well, I saw a tweet from him. It's like, anytime you feel like you, I think it was either, anytime you feel like you shouldn't be in the room or something to that nature, read your resume. Mm. And then that will give you that confidence again. I think that this is good. It's a good exercise for you specifically, I think to say it out loud and to remember that, you know, you're valid here. Like the people that you be DMing with that we don't speak about, Mm-hmm. You know, that like, the, there's a reason those people are speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's about, I think everyone, everyone who's listening to this, if you've been feeling that sort of like, dang, like, you know, what have I really done? I think go back and look and see why, you know, your efforts have not been in vain. And if you're waiting for that break, it's going to come. It happens. This year has been a breakthrough year for Stay Busy, in my mind. In my yeah. opinion, we've done a lot of things. We've got to had a lot more ears and eyes on us that ones that aren't even the ones that have told us, but imagine the ones that don't even tell us. And I think for me, that's been the biggest confidence boost for doing this is that like, when I heard Skip say that you guys are my first music podcast, I don't take that lightly when there's one, he's who he is mm-hmm. and the accomplished writer, the accomplished comedian, all person that he is. There's so many other music podcasts that are on that he could be listening to. Yeah, And I think that that, it just shows if you guys put, if you put the craft first in anything, it's going to get recognized over time. And at what, how many, we're in, this is episode 16 of, you know, how many other episodes we do. I can't remember the number at this time, but we're, you know, we're close, almost closing. Have we hit the 50 mark yet? 15? No, 50, five zero. No, no, not yet. Yeah. So we're almost at the 50 mark. And so you got to keep going those for those who haven't, gotten to the point that they want to be at and we're still not there either but along the way you gotta love the journey and i watched soul last night the uh <laughs> the the pixar movie and i don't want to spoil it but one of the i think the main things was highlighting it's loving the journey of life and loving the journey of what you're going through and and trying to make it and you gotta love that if you don't love that because once you get it it's gonna be unfulfilling if you know you it's gonna seem like whoa like I'm here already. And you're never there. So I think, yeah, you got to say it out loud, Armand. So keep saying it out loud. (laughs) 
And it's, it's really great you brought that up because that's that's ultimately what I was getting to. You know, we, we could talk about the Brett Fias article. We talk about division, putting me on their story. We could talk about the Rob Markman thing. But I think a lot of what this year gave me was the confidence in, in myself and in my ability. And like, I, I don't I don't seek the validation anymore. I, I did in the past a lot. That's something that I, I would definitely admit to. I but. I get it. And then I have a following. I have an audience now that I'm, I'm confident in. And like, they're always there when, 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 you know, when it's, when, when, when I put out a banger, when, when it's something big, they're there, which is cool. But, you know, just internally, I've really developed a lot more confidence in myself and it hasn't, it hasn't been easy. I mean, like so many different things, the, the job, I, all, all the weight I worked hard losing the last year and a half, I put it yeah. all back on during the pandemic because I was sitting yeah. here, sitting here lonely drinking all the time, ordering food, like not just not, not really focused, not really motivated, not sure when this, when this was going to end. And, you know, like still, I was really pushing forward in my career. My, my, my career really moved along this year, but it, it was that duality of being confident in, in, in the things that I do and the thing that I believe is my purpose, but still not necessarily taking care of myself or loving yeah. myself the way that I should have been. And, um, you know, but being alone during the pandemic, you know, not, not partying, like, no, you could, you could slide in all the DMs you want, message all the people you want, but like you know, you I was sitting here lonely, listening to R&B, drinking wine like every, every night for like three months, um, and just really in this in this dark stage. Um, but you know, it's I'm I've been so good at like putting on a happy face and you know like making shit seem all good, and like I can think back to college. Um, when I did that, um, you know, not a lot of people know this, this is not something that I've come out about. Um, but when Kojo said it, um, when, when he shared his personal information with us and how he didn't finish school, I, I was like, damn, man, like Kojo looking at what he's done and how much he's accomplished. If he can come out and say it, then like, I can too. Like I, I took some time off from Cornell. Um, not, not a lot of people know that well, a lot of people are probably going to be surprised by it. You wouldn't have known. Cause I, I, I was still there on campus on these e-boards <laughs> I, I i i won ivy man that semester like i was just i, I was yeah. so i was so afraid to be vulnerable with everyone mm-hmm. about a failure because of the the image that i projected and i think you know these these last two years in particular um you know feeling down feeling insecure about my career and then you know yeah. like really experiencing this improvement this year um, and still taking else like I, I've, I've gotten rejected for from jobs. I, I've had articles that I thought would bang that didn't bang. And like, it still feels good to, you know, write and like be, be get my beliefs out. But, you know, th- th- there is that part of you that, you know, w- once you have a push interview, once you have the Brett Fires one, do what it does, the, the, the Drake one does what it does, the Bryson Tiller is like, all right, like I'm kind of at this level. I want to keep firing at this clip, but it, it doesn't always happen. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had to have a lot of conversations with myself and with people close to me who I'm very thankful for, who have, uh, been able to uplift me and just remind me like, dog, like, you know, no, no, no one goes, uh, no one, no baseball team wins 162 games. No NBA team wins 82. Uh, some NFL teams could go 16 and 0, but they, they don't end up winning the Super Bowl. It's like, what do you right. care about? Do you care about right. the regular, regular season or do you care about them trophies? Um, and you know, it's not that it's necessarily care about the awards or the trophies either. Like I ultimately want to feel good about everything that I'm doing. And I think this year, with just my improvements mentally, continued efforts in therapy, just some really, some people who have really, I've gotten a lot closer to. Jane, I, we, we got to shout her out. We love oh, Jane. Jane is, we love you, Jane. Thank Jane, you. Jane and my, my friendship has has hit, hit a new level this year. I'm really yeah. thankful for her. Uh, Jessica, uh, one of my best friends. Uh, Regina has been there. 
Um, of course, right. of course, I got to shout out the bros. Like they're they're and bros within my chapter and outside my chapter. There's so yeah. many people to name, but so many people that you know have really like taken the time out to just like show love and like you, you don't realize how how small it seems, but how big it can be for someone because you yes. you never know what someone's day is going like. You never know how someone feels like when, yep. when, when I say I've considered giving up on this writing shit, I, I really have, but it's been yeah. the encouragement of people to get me to come here and sit at my laptop again, I'll open up a doc and put some shit out and see how it does. And that that's been a lot of the things that I've accomplished this year. It's just uh, walking by faith and not by sight. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can go on and on, but um you know, I, I I can say 2020, like overall, as shitty of a, of a year as it seemed, like it's also been a major year for growth and like a good one for, for my career. And it's it's empowering me to really, you know, move forward. Um, and I'm obviously excited for what Nick is going to do in 2021. We've been waiting on that project for for some time, for some right. time. But um, bro, I, I, I checked the, the numbers on Circles the other day and it's like <laughs> Circles did its thing this year. And that's not something yeah. that, that you put out but you know I, I remember with lord knows it was like yeah, but, but you were at the early stages so lord knows at 100 you put it out circles is a, is cooking and yeah <laughs> the, the, the streets the streets wouldn't know unless they check so like you know I, I guess for you like has this kind of brought you to a loot a new level a new place as an artist where you you kind of focused on on different things so for me uh, and i mean uh, for those who don't know me you know me but i I'm like, as you say the word, popular recluse. Like I am reserved by nature. I am out for outward. Like my Myers-Briggs is ENTJ. Like I'm outside. I can be like that person. But I think when it comes to my art and it comes to a lot of things, I can be, if we will, a recluse or someone who's a little bit more drawn in reserved is the best word for it. Uh, and so I think what this year has taught me the most or what I've been realizing most, it's been a year of reflection. I think that's not unique. Like everyone's has reflected when you get to sit down and be with your feelings. I think the difference with my situation for this year is that I was alone for five months. I was completely alone in the apartment. Both my roommates went home to their homes. Um, and it was kind of me just there. And I had to confront a lot of things I had to come to terms with a lot of things and I'm still even coming to terms with a lot of things as residual effects from the, the initial onset of the pandemic. In relation to my art, I've taken this year to really focus on trying to get better at my craft and realizing who I am as an artist and really what I'm trying to do or how I want to portray myself. And I think it, for me, given my background and everything, it's most natural that I focus on the things that naturally come out of me, which is the live instrumentation, which is a sort of quote, quote unquote old school sound. Those are the things that come out of me naturally. And I think before I used to try to fight it a little bit because I didn't know how to feel. And I know that the average quote unquote, the average listener doesn't have the, I guess the knowledge of a catalog to in their own listening experience to hear my music and not immediately say, oh, that's old school. You know what I'm saying? Cause there's a lot of things that are out there. I'm like, why don't y'all hear these two five ones? Don't you hear this this musical thing? I can get very technical. It's like that's that's jazz or that's eighties R and B or that's seventies soul. Like, don't you hear that? But you know, because it has an eight oh eight on it, you think it's current and you think it's new. And so when I would make my music the way I make it and the approach it the way I would approach it, 
I would feel a little bit sort of like, dang, are people going to listen because it may sound too old? I think that's something that I'm always like, does it sound too old? Does it sound too old? And I'm always running that by people. And so I think I've embraced that more. Um, and I've embraced my sort of love of both. I, lo I love everything. I love the newer sounds, but I also, I'm just a naturally old soul. And so I think when it comes to my own art that you've heard of the unreleased material that I've been making, I think it's leaning both. I think it really is a true mix of everything. And I think that I've been working on, I'm a musician first for people who don't know. I'm a musician first. I'm a you know, singer second, and I think I'm a songwriter last, that I've been trying to get my songwriting up. And that's where I spent a lot of time on the, the, the craft of that. And I think one thing that's come out of this year that's really been great for me is that I think I finally figured out my process. I finally figured out how I get from start to finish because as all creatives know, whether that's you're a poet, you're a journalist, you're a musician, whatever it is, the amount of unfinished ideas to finish ideas is alarming and it's typically always out of balance more than it should be. But I find that the people who are not better than you in whatever craft it is, um, you know, that haven't put as much hours as you, they finish. That's the only difference, I think, between a lot of people who are worthy of the accolades, worthy of their shine and everything like that. The difference is between a lot of the times, the people who are out there who are not as good as you or whatever it is, They've just finished. They've gotten to a completed product. I think that was my thing because you have to get through the hurdle of why am I so critical of myself? Why do, because I think perfectionism is bougie procrastination. Truthfully, mm. truthfully, what, <laughs> there's a lot, nothing's perfect. Nothing's Nothing. perfect. And an article still needs another draft. A, a song still needs another mix. Uh, you know, there's certain things that are just like, you get it to a place where you, I think, what you need to search for is peace. Search for peace within your art. Internal peace. Yeah. Can you be at peace with putting this out and being proud of it? For everything I've done, my first project, five songs, I know that that project is literally not the quote-unquote best representation of what I could do. I knew that going into it, but I was at peace with saying, this is, I've exhausted my resources. Me and Colby worked really hard on that project. That's, I've exhausted my research. I don't know any better engineers to mix. I don't know any better mastering engineers to mix, whatever it is. Obviously not the case now because I've grown. And uh, it was, I'm very proud of that work because it's a snapshot of what I had at the time. And I've only gotten better since then. And I think 2020 has focused me, uh, forced me to focus on the craft a lot. I finally am getting to a place with my production that I had not been before. My knowledge of the production process, the recording process, how, uh, you know, when we talk about vocal change, that's why I was geeking out at the Jeff episode because I finally, all these things I've heard forever being in studios, now they make sense to me because I've taken the time and learned. So shout out to the guys at Levels Prime being a huge mentor to me. Jay Ab being a huge mentor to me. Stats being a huge collaborator and companion with me. And it's so funny, it's so funny, it's like years of realization, it's been a year of reflection, realizations, and, uh, and I would say also, you know, revelation too. Because when I think about all the things that I've prayed for, you know, I'm a person of faith and uh, I believe in Jesus. And I've been praying, you know, for this whole year, you know, for a long time to say, God, you know, you give me this ability, this talent, how do I make it make sense? And I, there's certain things that I need resources wise to, to put it out there in the world. And I've always looked for, you know, like, you know, God, give me, you know, pe you know, collaborators, people that I can work with because I need help. I need people who just, just show me certain things. I need to learn more about this, how to do that. And then realizing like, wait, 
I've been made, me and Stats done made a, probably about 60 to 70 beats already. We made uh, all this music and I wasn't realizing until I was in there with them 16 hours a day in the studio doing this stuff. And I'm like, wow, God, you're answering my prayers without me realizing it because, and I think that's within, if you will, the one positive of the pandemic is that it's forced people, I think, to step back and take the veil off of a lot of things, of the busyness, the busyness of, you know, and that's the only time I use busy in a negative light, but the busyness of, of everyday life, how it can be sort of just sort of a distraction from what you really need. And I'd realized and looked back and said, all the prayers that I asked for have all been answered. And I think that oftentimes we're too caught up on more when we realize what we have already is what we needed in the moment. Because sometimes you're not ready for what is what you're already asking for. You're not ready. And I think it's about the journey. You got to love the journey. You got to get frustrated. You got to keep going the process. I don't know how many times I've done. I've come to a song that's a super strong idea. Redone the lead vocal five times. You know, everyone's going to be like, what are you doing? But it's about that beating your head over that, you know, just going over and over in the process and getting uh, familiar with yourself. And I think that coming in 2021, I have more clarity, more direction. I know where I need to go with the music. And I think that I'm, I'm completely, you know, humbled and enjoys that Circles is doing what it's doing that the, the music is doing what it's doing because it's getting recognition in some way, whether, you know, people know it or not. Like I said, the numbers don't lie. I'm not out here. I don't got a plant. I'm not a plant. <laughs> I don't got, you know, a bunch of people just leaving circles on a laptop, just play over and over for the whole day. Stay busy so, streaming farm loading. <laughs> right. You know, that's the, the term streaming farm. I don't, I don't got a streaming farm for myself. And so it's great to hear, you know, even the people that we look up to that have come on this podcast and people who speak to me, you know, like kind of, it, it's strange. I was thinking about the other day, I was just driving, like people are saying things about me that they say about their favorite artists. And I'm just like, wow, like y'all really think that, like I have that potential that I have that bar to, to uh, I could surpass that. And I'm humbled at that, you know, because we do this because we love it. We yeah. get on here every day, you know, go through our arguments and frustrations about this stuff and to only, you know, why well, I got this going <laughs> to, to give a product, but because we love it, that's why we do this. That's why we're so passionate about it. And so like when you see your art, people see that passion in you and people see that fire in you, that's something you don't think of because it's, you do it because you love it. You don't know any other way to go. I don't only know how to go hard on this. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I think what's been the most exciting things for this year. And so I'm 2021 is I'm blowing the, the roof off of it. It's people are going to know Nick early. I like I'm speaking at, I've been writing it down. People are going to know Nick early in, yeah. in the way that I need them to know because it's time. Yeah. It's time for real. Yeah. 2021 should be scared of, of us. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I think, I think a lot of people move through 2020 with fear, whether it's getting too close to someone catching COVID, what your jobs are. 2021 needs to be scared of the people that 2020 turned all of us into not, not just me and yeah. like so many people experienced loss. So many people got new jobs, got promotions, got recognition for, for, from their employers that, that they found passions. They found creative ways to do what they want to do because you're home all day and you yeah. got to figure out a way to keep yourself sane and yeah. uh, sanity comes with, comes with happiness or it comes with contentment. 
So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what so many people we know what they're going to do in 2021. I'm excited for what this podcast is going to do and how it's going to grow in 2021. I'm excited for what I'm going to do. I think I'm ending this year so positively. Like when I look back at December 2019, I think I was telling myself that that I was happy with how the year was ending. But this year, I can genuinely say, personally, physically, financially mentally emotionally romantically all that shit like i'm ending this year just so optimistic so thankful so so uh, i there's so many different adjectives that i can use but um and again this year did, did not come without loss it did not come without failures failures it didn't come out with come without negativity um but you know at the end of the day like these are the things that that make us and and you can either be a product of your circumstances or or you can look at your circumstances and be like i'm not gonna let that shit get me down i'm, I'm gonna use that to empower me to take this shit even further to the next level and you know i'm i'm not stopping until you buy my mom a house and and yeah. like it not break the bank for me like i need to be living comfortably you know house out in la smoking a blunt on the balcony <laughs> with my robe with shorty next to me and mimosas a little puppy running by like you know what i'm saying this is just it's just the vision i have so there, there's still a lot of work to do um, i'm excited for it I'm, I'm confident in myself i'm i'm okay with failing again as wilson says you want to fail forward you don't want to yeah. just fail and sit in it you don't want to fail backwards you don't want to regress so i'm looking forward to pushing yeah. forward and failing forward i'm excited to see what you do i'm excited for the project i, I yeah, can't man. stress it enough man um <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you I, the, the, this music i've, I've heard spooky spooky <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be 2021 is gonna be special for for the busy boys for I, sure. i'm very excited so always i don't say it enough but i love you man i appreciate you love you Thank too dog you. Yeah, man. This is this is we're gonna get it going. So yeah, let's do it. Great yeah. board meeting, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into this bulletin board. Uh, I ain't really got much to announce. Um, Kenny Bushner, though, this is our frat brother, uh, Syracuse. Um, he is a playlist curator, a very very talented playlist curator. Um, I I'll, don't I'll listen to a lot of people's playlists, but this man sent us a playlist on Christmas Eve called "2020 Underrated R&B." I saved every song that I heard from the uh, playlist. And the best thing about it, Regina said it in, in our music group chat. People say, oh, this is underrated. And, and, and then, then they'll give you a song like Chris Brown or like Ty Dolla Sign <laughs> or, or like her. A lot of these artists, I've never seen their names before. So I'm, I'm excited because if, exactly. if, if, if there's a tastemaker who's putting these people on a playlist and saying that they're underrated, the fact that Kenny is aware and he has a good ear, I'm like, all right, let me tap in. I, I threw that joint mm-hmm. on my TV while I was sitting with mimosas. For like two hours, I was just letting it rock. Like, it was like, okay, like he's, yeah. he's, this is really like some stuff that I'm looking for. So you are definitely going to hear some of these artists on our uh, our slide deck coming up because I, I, I've i been put on to a lot of new people. We're going to post a link for you guys to check yeah, it out. Cool. And shoot, I don't really think we had a playlist curator yet. So we might have to, might have to bring, bring well, Kenny on to talk about it. We had Yano. Yano yeah. curates just listen, Yano. Yano, correct, correct. We did, we did have Yano. I don't know if he was making the playlist at the time. Anyways, all that to say, tap into the playlist. Um, as the bulletin board, again, we want to thank you all for a really, really great 2020. Um, yes. We you, we didn't, and, and we didn't really get to speak about it, but, you know, starting the year with Yano, finding our, our new studio in in, uh, in March, 
um, due to doing the whole Women's History Month that we did, uh, the guests that we were able to bring in, uh, the growth, the growth we've been able to experience, the fact that we were able to take a three-month break. We, we, we didn't plan for the break to be three months, just to be honest with y'all. Like, we, you know, we was like, all right, we'll take June off and come back in July. And then, you know, we want to take our time a little more, get things together. But, you know, I think timing is everything, and, and it worked out. Um, we, we started off strong. Uh, had some really strong guests and yeah I, I really feel like we've taken things to the next level but, but we thank everyone who's been around since the beginning we thank people who came along in the middle of the journey we thank anyone who's put us on to their friends to their colleagues I've heard so many stories about people playing it at work and someone coming like oh what's this and then then they tell them and now now our, our place wow. a little bit um, shout out to everyone who's been following on social media engaging with us um, you know, we definitely encourage if you're new to the podcast, definitely go go back to the beginning. We've grown a lot since then. Like you, you you'll probably laugh. <laughs> you'll probably laugh here in our first few episodes just because you know we were finding our footing. But hey, I think we've been able to do something yeah. uh, really, really special, and uh, I love this. And I just I want to make it the best that we can make it. So thank you all for being tuned in. 2021 is going to be bigger, bigger, and busier. Um, but before we get there, New Year's Eve is coming up, so we want y'all to be safe. If 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 you're having a, a New Year's kiss, hopefully yeah, y'all both not contagious. Hope you're both you, negative. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, for real. If if you're kissing that bottle of Casamigos, enjoy that. Uh, hopefully Drake drops New Year's Day. I'm still looking forward to that. Certified lover boy. But until then, we hope you had a happy holiday. Whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, Hanukkah, or what have you, or if Christmas is just a normal day where you just buy gifts for each other, that that's cool too. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you ate some good food. The leftovers not gonna last long. We are gonna have the same thanks conversation we had around Thanksgiving. Don't extend them leftovers too long. But most importantly, stay safe, stay humble, and stay busy. Love y'all. Let's play this outro. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. I'm the size, 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 I'm the